Good morning! It is Friday, February the 9th, and it is Black Sheep Rebranded's Friday Roundtable. This is Sherry speaking today for a change. They put me in the hot seat, so forgive me if I really mess up. However, I'm happy to be able to bring Rebecca, Rick, and myself to you today, and we are going to talk about happiness. Rick sent us a very interesting article about happiness, and we're going to take it on today and uh, go through it. So I'm going to pass it over to Rick because Rick does such a good job of summarizing these articles. Well, good morning again, beautiful people. And yes, indeed, welcome to February 9th. And you know what? It is a beautiful, beautiful looking day out there. It's hard to believe it's February. And it is the bluest of blue skies. It really is an amazing looking day out. And I, I believe we're set to set some uh, temperature records. Uh, the other day, there was one that was 100 years old out in Edmonton that was broken. Uh, the record had stood back in 1925, long before we had global warming, but it did reach 5.6 degrees Celsius on that day, and it was 6.5 uh, the other day. So world records for temperature are being set everywhere. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Interesting time to be alive, is it not? And so is, is this not what happiness is? Is to be interesting, to be fun, to be fun-filled, to be whatever. What and do you have a think? beautiful sunny day with a put a smile on your face. Yep. Uh, but how about all the snowmobilers? How about all the people downhill skiing? How about all the people who want to go cross-country skiing or snowshoeing? Oh, tell me about it. What about the critters? The critters that rely on the snow? What about us who rely on the frost to kill off some of the critters so that we have less bugs? And all the, true. And all those bulbs that are popping up right now, too. Yes, absolutely. So, um, beautiful people, what do you guys think about happiness? What is happiness to you? I've learned that it's got to come from within. There's going to be external factors but it's an internal feeling and it's an overall feeling like Sharon and I talked about this the other day and there can be moments of happiness but an overall happiness it's a feeling of contentment peace oh my god it sounds like a hallmark card <laughs> holy lord folks come on seriously what truly because again all the things that you're saying sure great it's a it's a moment of external it's a moment of a feeling it's a moment of all these other things but is are any of those things truly happiness because what is what is happiness i can give you an example sure so this morning i walked to work i walked down the street the sun was shining it was sorry the sun was just coming up and the birds were singing so i had this moment of connecting with nature i was walking so i was getting some physical exercise and it felt good. And it gave me an internal sense of peace. So that when I actually walked in to work, I was actually breathing calmly and I felt ready to begin my day. And it was just a, that internal happiness. Because you engaged the whole being more than just one aspect of yourself. Like you said, you connected with nature, you got some phys physical activity. So it was a multitude of things, not just one. Okay, so for you, it was the sound of birds. Um, it's very and, specific and, and sound of birds. Very specific. It was the joy of a robin singing to the sunrise, welcoming the sun for the day. And it is a very specific song they use, and it just 
floods me with joy. So folks, when I'm having a hard time getting up in the morning, you know what I want to hear? She wants to hear birds and walking down the street. I'm like, dear God, can we have Hell's Bells? Can we have ACDC? That will get me moving because this is what I want to hear. This is what I need to hear. Yes, this, this is what's gonna get me moving. This is my beginning of happiness. Ah, uh, yes. I think you just struck on something. Everybody's happiness is expressed differently. Well, but how we also see it and perceive it is very different. Miss mm -hmm. Rebecca, what's yours? So, so Sherry wants to get up and go for a stroll in the morning and listen to the birds and have the sun in her face and all the, the, the connections with nature. Ideally, that's what I would like to. But it doesn't happen to me very often because I am a sleeper. I like to sleep. But I like to sleep with the sun on my face. What? So you like to lie I used to do beach? a lot of I used to do a lot of midnights and I'd sleep with the sun on my face. I'd like the warmth. That made me feel connected to the outdoors somehow. How thick are your eyelids? Like if the sun is on my face, there isn't a chance I'm gonna be able to sleep because that light is getting right through my eyelids and it's just like poking me in the back of the brain saying, get up. No, I want to put some pretty thick eyelids then because <laughs> that's what I like. But that's also a good example that, well, I don't think Rick would gain happiness out of that process. I, I would not. I would not. And so, but again, this idea of happiness and it's so unique to the individual and, and I always find it interesting, especially around family groups, when they go, well, this makes me happy, it should make you happy. And the people, you know, get kind of bent up when it doesn't make them happy, and it doesn't do the same thing for them that it does for me. Because like I said, you know, Hell's Bells is, if, if I want something that I'm gonna listen to that's gonna go, okay, let's, let's start moving. Um, it is that song, it is that guitar riff that I wanna hear and it's been that way for decades. And so, but again, it's gonna be unique. So does that guitar riff bring positive and happy memories to your mind? Is that part of what's going on? No, because the very first time I ever heard that it was, I, I would never want to go back to there. <laughs> so no, no, it's, it is it is 100% just something about that guitar riff and, and about that, that, that beginning. And, and it's funny because actually when, when I got that album as a Christmas present as a kid, when I got that album, I was kind of almost embarrassed because, uh, because it, it wasn't country music. And I liked it. And it was like, can I like this? And it's funny because last yesterday, I was talking to, to this young guy and we were talking about, about drugs and, 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 and I was telling him about the years that, that I was uh, taking vast quantities of, of uh, oxycodone and oxycoset um, related to a vehicle accident and then stopping that, that process. And so we were talking about um, the things. And, and so he was telling me there is only one type of music that he can listen to. And so but this kid wants to be an electrician. And so I said, have you ever seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra use a Tesla coil to make music? And he was completely blown away by this. And it's about opening up your, your mind to other things that can bring you happiness and joy. And so, but the article folks that I sent both Rebecca and Sherry, and I'm so happy that they actually were talking about earlier this week, because it makes this process a whole lot easier. Um, but this article kind of tried to summarize a few points 
that as we age makes it more important for us to connect with. And as we age doesn't mean as we get into our 40s or 50s or 60s or, or 90s. It's as we age throughout our life that these things will become more intrinsically important. And if they do, and if we find them, we will naturally find a higher degree of happiness. And so what do the two of you think about the, the article specifically? Sherry, you can go. <laughs> I thought it brought together some things that have percolated in my brain for years. Um, because it talks a little bit about pursuing happiness and making happiness a goal and how that is intrinsically not useful because you actually become less happy when you chase happiness. Oh, absolutely. And it struck a chord of truth because the times that I feel most happy aren't when I'm expecting to feel happy. I may have already been down in the dumps mm -hmm. and then I think my thoughts differently, slightly differently. I go and do something. I get physical. Things change. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm feeling happy and I don't know where that's come from. And where that's coming from is the act of living, not the act of chasing something specific. I see it all the time in clients who, you know, their goal, especially younger clients, their goal is to be an NBA basketball player. Their goal is to be a whatever. And, uh, you know, a musician or a drummer or a theorist or, you know, and they will tell me all the grand things that they are going to, to do to be a YouTuber or to be something and to, to have these things. And I, I saw an article the other day um, for, where Elon Musk was talking about what it's like to build a business. And so if you want to be a YouTuber, you want to go out and build a, a, a chocolate shop. It, it doesn't matter what you want to do. You want to build a business. Elon Musk uh, said that a friend of his described it as eating glass while you're staring into the abyss. And, and folks, there's a lot of truth to that. This podcast makes us no money, costs us a lot of money, and we continue to do it. Why? A, I enjoy doing it. Sherry enjoys it. Rebecca enjoys it. We enjoy seeing the numbers. At some point down the road, maybe this will monetize and, and it will make money. Maybe there will be other, other ways that we can help uh, fund this so that it will be able to be sustained. But right now, the main reason why we do this is for fun because we actually truly enjoy this. I love the idea of this podcast going out and people listening to it and thinking about their lives in different ways and doing things in different ways. I love that. I think that that is so magical. But again, what is it? You know, and so this article, one of the things that it did is it came up with a, with a few uh, bullets. And so uh, to say that these are the things to look for so that when you want to find happiness, you're going to find spiritual well-being. And so spiritual well-being, that doesn't mean you have to be a Christian or, or you have to be a Catholic or you have to be following any specific religion. You don't have to be Hindu. You, you don't have to be any of those things. What you have to do is be finding peace and comfort in your well-being and the well-being of the, of, of the bigger picture of life. And for me, that is that walk in the morning and listening to the birds connecting with nature. To me, that's a spiritual moment. And that's Mother Earth, that's Mother Gaia, and that's First Nations around the world, right? Connecting with her, with the Earth. Rebecca? 
There's something peaceful about the birds singing. I love that too. Mind you, it's usually when I'm sleeping. When I was doing nights, that's what I was doing was listening to the birds for me to sleep. It was very calming. Where do you get your spirituality from though? For me, that it's not about the birds per se. To me, it's about the joy of expressing love towards the sun or whatever it happens to be. Because I get, there's a connection there. It's not... Well, you said you grew up going to church, so that would yeah. be a form of spiritual well-being. And you don't go to church now, but I do believe that you are a very spiritual human being. And so what does, again, a spiritual well-being, when you, when you guys read that, you know, there's a bunch of words underneath it, when you read that bold headline for, the, for that section of the article, what, did, what went through your head, Rebecca? Just kind of being in touch with those around me kind of like it's hard to explain because it's just being connected it's such a being connected to those around me the the animals around me the the air around me and it's something that i don't do enough of so this that I know. so this article says spiritual well-being refers to the importance of finding a sense of purpose and meaning in life as as well as elevating ordinary experiences into extraordinary ones through mindful presence. And so what the two of you are just describing is that elevating to an extraordinary experience, the bird singing, right? That sense of nature and connection, because that's, that is actually what the two of you just described. You just didn't describe it as, as this article describes it. But again, that is a sense of, of spiritual. Yeah. And there's lots of other really good examples because I can think of, um, even just sitting and listening. If you s sat and paused and we shut up for three minutes and just listened to the sounds around us, connected with whatever was going on around us, that can be a spiritual moment too. Mm -hmm. So physical well-being is the next thing, folks, that, that they say in this article of you know being connected to the mind and the body. And I know that Rebecca is taking swimming lessons to literally learn how to swim because she's never had a reason or a need or a want or a desire to learn how to swim, and she's now doing that. And and so, you know, part of that is also because eventually she wants to scuba dive. She's seen pictures of what it's like under, under those waves out in the ocean, and it is unbelievably beautiful. And so what do you think about that sense of physical well-being, Rebecca, and, and reconnecting? Because Sherry was just talking about the fact that you know, again, that sense of walking through nature, walking to work, feeling that outdoor. What do you think about this this sense of well-being, connecting you to the water, connecting you to the to the atmosphere that you're living in? Just the broad strokes of doing the crawl. It was you can feel the power in the water and trying to move with it. Give me a sense of well-being. And even though I'm not very good at it, and I don't look very graceful, like the little fishies. <laughs> the little fish, yes, they they look. They're in their atmosphere. We're not going to look straight. Yeah. Yes. It's made me feel powerful when I was getting that stroke down and pulling myself through the water was very peaceful. Until I got a, a mouthful of water and then I, you know, did my panicking thing again and then I had to re calm myself down again and 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 you know that's that's unfortunately, folks, the the nature of swimming eventually you're gonna you're gonna get a mouthful of water 
And if you're swimming in a lake or the ocean, you should be kind to put that water back because the fish need it. And so don't, don't be swimming and uh, drinking up all the water that the fish need. Um, but again, folks, when you take what Rebecca was just talking about for the swimming and that sense of connecting and connecting her body with the fluid of the water and Sherry's connection, is there an intellectual well-being, because that's the next piece in this article, that comes with that? What do the two of you think about, again, the intellectual well-being, which, as this is described, is curiosity and openness, as well as a deep engagement in learning? And, and, and so, I, just before you all get into that, so, you know, if you think about me, right, I've, I, two trades, two journeys through school to get those two trades, and then three degrees, and then co the continuous learning that I get to do as a professional that I have to do, plus the learning that I have to do as a professional pales compared to what I have to do every week looking for information for these podcasts, and I love it. I love that curiosity. Teach me more. That was literally where I was thinking when you were talking earlier about the podcast was how much intellectual creativity comes out through them and the opportunity that they provide. Because I, I really do enjoy these Friday podcasts because we get to explore different aspects from what I do in my nine to five job. And I just love having that, that opportunity. It Actually, I leave these podcasts feeling happy. I love getting the information and having somebody have already sifted through it so that we can bounce ideas off of each other. Again, that kind of a joiningness. I don't know if that's the right word. It sounds the right word. Connection. I Connection. Think you're looking for. Connection between the written word and the minds of each other, right? Because we, we all take things in differently. And I think you're honest with me because there's different aspects of intellectual growth too. Um, because we there is the reading piece that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Then there's, they're trying to articulate that into words, which was what we're trying to do right now, somewhat, sometimes successful, not always successful. <laughs> and then there's the actions. And even though some people may not call it, consider it intellectual, I think the learning process, for me, I'm not, I'm a, not a natural physical learner. I have to do things many, many times to get the physical. Learning how to drive a tractor, doing all kinds of things with a tractor, with a hoe, with any of that stuff, I'm not going to be perfect the first time by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not a natural. Mm -hmm. But the happiness in succeeding, the happiness in learning how to do something, for me it's very fulfilling. Yeah, and going back to the swimming example, some people it just comes so natural to them, I think. Because it looks so natural, but to me it doesn't. And I actually have to concentrate and think on the strokes and counting. And then there's a kicking my legs aspect to it too. And I'm, I'm still getting it all down pat. But each time that I do a little bit more, I feel a little bit more connected to myself. Because I've used that part of my brain and my muscles. And so you're learning. I'm learning. And part of this intellectual well-being uh, in this article, uh, it, clearly the idea of intellectual well-being being the idea that when you're there means that you get top marks means that you you get into the top schools which means that you have the top of everything in your academic achievement being an intellectual co component 
And they actually, in, in, in this research, they said, no, that actually will not lead, will not pave the, ro the road to happiness. What that does is it just creates a different level of anxiety and a different level of disappointment and despair because you're actually not learning for the pure purpose of learning. You're learning for the purpose of other, other achievement. And one of the things, and I say it to people all the time, I literally, I hated high school. I could not wait to get out of high school. I loathed every day that I was there. It was a horrible experience for me and I never wanted to go back. And when I went back and got my machines papers, it was better. When I got my mail rate papers, schooling was even better. When I got into university is when I really started to thrive. And, and I can't believe how much I loved it, how much I miss it. And I, if I could go back, if I could afford to do another degree, I would do another degree right now. I would just do degree after degree because the sense of learning and the sense of curiosity brings such joy to me. And that's part of the reason why when I go out and I start walking beaches and I'm looking for fossils and I'm looking for, for history, it's the curiosity of what is below my feet, what was here a million years ago. And it's that beautiful sense of discovery and that that is the, the true sense of intellectual happiness is when we want to learn, not because we, we want any form of to be pompous or to be arrogant, it's because we have curiosity. And, and unfortunately, the more curious you are, the more you learn, sometimes people will turn that into, they will say, you're pompous, but it's not, or arrogant, and it's not because you're actually arrogant, it's because you're truly just striving for your own form of happiness in learning and being curious to learn and learn and learn and learn. And I, I am all the time saying to people, teach me, tell me more. They will tell me something in, in a session. They will tell me something wherever and I will teach me more because I want to learn. And, and it's such a beautiful sense. Mm -hmm. It's a huge aspect of happiness. Can you imagine not being able to learn, not, not to have opportunities or being, not being able to take opportunities to gain knowledge. It would be tough. Okay, but I'm going to use two examples in that. How many people go down to an island like Cosmel? I love to go to Cosmel so that I can go dive and I can learn. I haven't seen this fish. I haven't been to this part of the reef. I haven't done. I, I want to see the evolution. It's to learn. I don't need to be drunk and I don't want to be drunk. I don't need to sit there and drink endlessly at, at the pool bar. But yet so many people, their destination is about intoxication or at least having a buzz on all the time and, and, and sitting and, and chatting. I have zero desire to do, to, to do that. And, and I know people who went to Hawaii a number of years back and they thought that they were gonna go to, to, um, to Hawaii, they were gonna go to Maui and they were gonna, you know, everything was gonna be right there and they didn't rent a vehicle and they thought it was a horrible, horrible experience. Well, un unfortunately, it's, it's an island where you have to get out and discover, you have to get out and do things. And like to go up to Haleakala, like if you've never been to Maui and never went to the top of that summit at 10,000 feet and watched the sunrise and, and seen the, the, the mist come across the caldera, I think you truly are missing something incredible. And this is again where, where this idea of living to discover, to experience, to explore. And so, yeah, again, the last time I was in, in uh, Maui, I, I saw the, the nenes. I, I thought they were a mythical bird uh, because I'd been there many times, never seen the bird. And the last time I was there, I, I, I saw them everywhere. It was, it was weird. 
Um, because like I said, I'd never seen these birds, but it's about that sense of discovery. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm looking forward to doing, is not just scuba diving, but seeing how other people live, and getting out of the resort and going to the actual towns a little bit. Have you ever been away? No. So what you have traveled extensively in Canada? Yes. And so, what what would what are you hoping to be different? It keeping in mind this idea of curiosity and openness to learning. Well, I hope that to see how people are. I don't want to say simple, but like. By no means are they simple. No, but how they do things differently than what we do here. You're gonna find they do a lot of stuff the same. Okay. They have doors just like we do on their doors. No, no, seriously. They have fridges just like us. They eat a lot of the similar foods that we eat because our diets in North America have become so international. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of similarities because um, there are places where you can go where there is poverty, where people do live a very, very different life. Um, but we are we are hoping folks to, to get back to Cosmel in April to do a little bit of diving. And so, uh, so that's the, the reference that uh, Rebecca's using. But again, it's, it's a, a very modern place to go. It just happens to use a different language and they have a different expectation out of life. And I think one of the expectations that they have out of life is, is being more in the moment and enjoying. That's it. Because we in Canada are so go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. You don't have the time to actually just sit back and enjoy what it is that we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what I love to see. Well, hopefully you get the opportunity to see that. Hope so. Relational well-being, folks. Next thing in this article. What do you guys think of that? It was interesting. I was reflecting on that one this morning as I laid in bed. Um, because... It's not just, so often we think about relational well-being as a relationship between people. But there's also a relationship with animals, relationship with other things. Um, our cats came and were extremely affectionate, just coming up and expressing their desire to be with me at, the t at that time. And it was made, made me think about how relationships aren't just between people. Relationships are between living things. That's a very good point. And I have not bonded with animals in a long time. Like, really bonded with them. And that's... I can't live without them. I see how much joy they, they bring you. And I'm a little bit jealous that I don't find that much. Well, I don't talk to them like, like you do. Folks, just so you know, Skittles has come and laid beside me and is purring very loudly as I pet his backside, which is part of what's going on here right now. He's expressing his joy. Mm -hmm. And I do see that the cats have bonded more so to you two than with me, but they do come to me for affection at times. I'm going to say that Fiona has established that you are her person. Really? That's my intake on it. But it's about you putting yourself out. Yes, I'm very closed off to things. And so, so folks, um, one of the things that is, is specified in this article is what they're talking about, about fostering these relationships with, with other people. 
but also fostering a relationship with yourself. Who are you? Truly, who are you? Do you truly know yourself? So, folks, every day, I have no hesitation to say I'm a high-maintenance drama queen bitch. I am high-maintenance. I am a drama queen. I, I am a needy human being. I have all kinds of sides to me. And as many sides of me as there is, I want to explore more. I want to expand my mind. I want to expand. And that can be really draining on people around me because I want more. I want to learn more. But I also accept fully and completely the ridiculous sides of me. I can't spell. I can't do this. I can't do that. I truly accept them. And I don't care. I don't try to understand them. I don't try to psychoanalyze them. I don't try to do anything with them. I just simply go, this is who I am. And, and I've said this before, uh, you know, I've had people who have said, you're, you're too real, you're too honest, you're too this, you're too that. Um, okay, so be it. But the fact is, I am comfortable with, with being who I am. And that's the thing that I struggle with, being comfortable with who I am. And because for a long time, I was whoever anybody wanted me to be. I liked whatever anybody else liked. And I never took the time to actually consider what I want and what I like. Well, I heard this week you talking to... Um... Um, talking with a client when you were getting them a coffee about uh, how do you like your eggs? Yes. And I never really thought about that. How do I like my eggs? And so, um, and that comes from, I forget the name of the movie. Um, but there's a line in a movie where, you know, the lady just simply adopted the egg's preference of whoever she was with. She didn't really actually know how she liked her eggs. And, and it is amazing in watching uh, Rebecca discover who she is and what she wants. It's also amazing to watch all of my clients um, grow uh, who they are, what they want, and, and move things along. It, it really, truly is a, a, a beautiful moment and a, and a beautiful sense of being. Apparently, we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't really have much to add to that. I'm still discovering who I am. Um, I know that I am a bit of a intellectual control freak at times, but I also try and blend that and work I'm more conscious of how I interact with people. It's always for me learning how to communicate effectively. But a work in progress, no question. Yeah, we all are, and that's the thing that we need to remember, that we all are a work in progress. Emotional well-being, folks. That's how this uh, article wraps itself up. And emotional well-being being that what we are pursuing isn't happiness directly. It's the things around it, the relationships, the sense of well-being within ourself, the emotional intelligence to know who we are and to be okay with who we are. These ideas of having a bit of exercise, moving, being connected to our environment, being connected to things around us, these are things that I, this emotional well-being kind of encapsulates and wraps up this whole article, where what we're looking for is this idea of trying to be able to be in a moment and back when we were talking about uh, the spiritual, about raising up the ordinary to be an extraordinary experience. If you look at kids, one of the things that brings such joy to kids is that they do that. And so just think about this, folks. 
You watch a, a toddler, you watch a young child, you watch a kitten, they will play with something, or a puppy dog, or anybody, they will play with something for an hour. And it does the exact same thing, but they continue to look at it with this awe and amazement. And unfortunately, as we age, we lose some of that. And yet that is one of the things that seems to be key to true internal happiness, is that what we do is we find the joy in doing the things and we raise it up to be an extraordinary experience. And I think that's where gratefulness comes in as well. We don't, I find that we become happier when we're grateful for what we have rather than worrying about what we don't have. Mm -hmm. and it makes such a difference. And if you're not, if you're having a bad day, I always find it's, if I can start looking, what am I grateful for today? What can I be grateful for? It turns my day around. Definitely. But it, I find that a lot of people don't do that. and Don't do what? Try and change the thoughts around. I've, I've been guilty of this and just dwelling in the negative, dwelling in what I don't have. And there's no happiness there. And it's about getting outside of your mind. Yeah. And so that goes back to that fostering of relationships for you to be able to talk to someone. And the very first person you have to talk to is you. And if what's in your head is negativity, and then that negativity is positively reinforced, so that just means that you build more negative on top of the, the negative that's already there, that's where you're going to stay. If you actually want to find true happiness and, and true contentment in your life, which that's, that is happiness, to be content. It's not to be laughing to the point where you're, you're in tears, and it's not to be... In, you know, in any other emotional state, it's to be, I, I'm going in a direction where this is bringing me contentment and joy. I, I've got people who are going to be going camping soon up in Algonquin to do some winter camping. There is no joy in that statement for me personally. But for them, listening to them talk to me about it, listening to, to, to them talk to me about, you know, all the, the, the wonderful things that they're looking forward to being in, in these tents and they're like, hopefully there's lots of snow. Hopefully there's this, hopefully. And I don't find that joy, folks, but they do. And so it's understanding what do we find the joy in and, and having the well-being to actually be honest about it. Something you have not spoken about today, but which I think you probably, probably does bring you great happiness, is sailing. Uh, absolutely. Out on the ocean. Uh, absolutely. Because it brings together all those aspects we just talked about. There's something beautiful about being under under sail, and the the boat healed over a bit, and um, and and you and you're just moving, and there's no engine, there's no anything, and you just it's water on the hull, and it's the sound of the wind through the sails, and and you just. Are, are there and you know the boat on autopilot uh, it and I I have no desire to race I have no desire to get out there and, and you know do you know some of the things that uh, other people who sail love to do mine is a very slow paced easy going just like the rest of me just you know I, I just want to do it for the joy of doing it not to prove something or not to try to get ahead of something and so yeah uh, absolutely I feel the spirituality when you describe it like that. 
I feel that feel that spiritual connection mm -hmm. between you and the water. Oh, I'd, I'd love to be in, on, under, near the water. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to be on frozen water because because that's that's not near as much fun. Um, but if I can be, you know, in it, on it, or under it, uh, absolutely. It's it is truly, truly a beautiful, beautiful um, place of essence for me. And it's kind of ironic because that's where we all begin. We all begin in a womb filled with fluid, and we all begin in this submerged environment. And I just I cannot wait to get back to that every every year. That's your happy place. One of my happy places is out on the ski trail, just stopped and listening to the silence. And for me, that's a happy place that I always look forward to getting to. And folks, I'm just still discovering my happy places. And, and that's okay. And you know what? Maybe that's a good place for us to wrap this up on those words that Rebecca just said. That you know what? This idea of happiness and finding your idea of happiness it has to be yours. But it's about these ideas and, and about making sure that, that we continue to you know, tend to our spiritual well-being, whatever that looks like for you. Your physical well-being, again, whatever that looks like for you. Intellectual, again, what does that look like to you? Relational, and that relational well-being means also the internal relationship that you have with yourself. I've been in relationships where the where you would say to the person, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't. And I don't know to everything. How do you feel? I don't know. Um, and, and that's a, a person who's really struggling with that idea of their own internal sense of being. And, and that is a real struggle. And it's a real struggle to be around that. But the most important is our emotional well-being, where we are looking back at all of those things and we're just really having this honest conversation. What brings joy to me? In March, there will be the model show at the Air Museum in Hamilton. And uh, I will go and look at, you know, the models. I love to build models. I haven't built a model in a couple of years because of, of being so busy. Uh, but I will go to um, to the model show in Hamilton, and I will be very, very happy to be there and to see the artistry that people who have put together these plastic models and who have painted them and the artistry and the dioramas. It will be incredible. And again, for me, that's beautiful. It doesn't have to be that way for you, folks. You have to find your own sense of well-being, your own sense of curiosity, and your own sense of growth. And so with that, we wish you all a beautiful Friday, February 9th. Bye, folks.